Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Welcome to our program. Yeah. Thanks for dialing in. Thanks for tuning in to it. For dialing in. Put put on your seatbelt and... Put on that seatbelt. Don't touch that dial. It does have jam on it. And we're here to t- hit you with all the classic R&B hits from the 1990s, because this is the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> um, this is a wonderful show. We talk about things we like, things that are good, things that we are into, things that will nourish you, Ooh. Your, your soul. What if we got like really sort of spiritual this episode, and we talked a lot about soul nourishment? That would sound very natural for us. That would I bet I could pull that off. You think? Yes. Do you think you could? No. Give me a piece of that. Describe like a, I don't know, when you, maybe you take like a, a hot spring bath with a sort of like, you know, there's special oils that you're anointed he, with. And then you, want, you talk about what that does to sort of your, oh, okay. your inner self. I thought you wanted to to me to describe taking a bath. And I want you to goop it. Intimate. No, just like goop it up. Like goop, okay. goop me. Uh, goop, 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 <laughs> goop, goop, me. Goop, goop me, daddy. <laughs> uh, the best thing about this uh, experience is that you will, uh, I mean, of course, wash away the toxins. Yes. Hate um, those things. Just it, enliven your circulation. Um, and this feels very physiological. I want something a little bit more. Oh, 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 and in the uh, ether, you know, and remember, remember your spirit. Yeah, you, I don't think you can hang no, with I can't. me and Gwenny. Um, <laughs> you have any small wonders though? Oh, I'm gonna say a little outlet covers. Yeah, you know, like I don't know who thought of that, but Crushed it. somebody was like, "Hey, these kids keep getting electrocuted. If only there was something a we could put way. on them." Yeah, yeah. And, and they put the little plastic guys in there, and it's like, "Ha ha, baby, you can't get in there." I will say, when one of those comes out of the outlet and is just sitting on the floor, it is essentially like a it ninja a- caltrop. Um, <laughs> that is, it's also kind of a choking hazard in itself. Yeah, so, hmm, double-edged sword, I would say, outlet well, covers. Some of them are harder to remove than others, though. That I, is if also you, why, If you're willing yeah. to upgrade, I think you can get a, a real good product. A real, one with some thick prongs. Yeah, exactly. Gotta have thick Speaking prongs. Speaking of thick prongs. Uh, I'm gonna say, <laughs> Love is Blind is back. Yeah. And that was our Valentine's evening celebration was, yeah. was watching Love is Blind. Uh, this is a dating reality show, which, as you know, Rachel and I are, at this point, I would say, sort of the scholars of. We can't get enough. And I honestly can't explain it other than to say that it always makes me and Griffin turn to each other and be so grateful for our, our love yeah. and, and our time together. Love is Blind hits so right because this is a show where I think it's like 10 men and 10 women. And at the beginning of the show, they get in sort of uh, these connected pods with these thick layers of frosted glass between them. So you can't see the other person. You They're just like talk little to rooms. Them. There's like a couch and right. like a plant. Yeah, I say pod. That makes it sound like you climb into some sort of <laughs> it looks back comfy. to tank. That, uh, no, yeah, it's just. And like, they're, they're able to like bring a, like a glass of wine in from like a shared. A golden chalice. Common area. Yes. And so it just, it seems very like fun and flirty. So all you do is you talk, right? And you don't see the other person. It is the dating equivalent of the voice. And you, you, I feel like more than any other reality show, like you see people getting excited about making romantic connections in yeah. a way that feels like 
uh, you know, for a Netflix dating reality show, it's never going to be the classiest affair. But this is a show that I feel like when you see people like get excited about having a connection with the person on the other side of the glass, like it feels very real. And that yeah. is that is enough to sort of melt my my little icy cold heart. <laughs> I would not describe my heart as no, that not at all. in any way. But yeah, it's good. And psh, hit at the same time, you get the US version and Love is Blind Japan, which yeah, we've not dipped we into. We haven't watched that yet. I would love to watch that. I've been uh, learning Japanese for like the third time, uh, and it's been going very well this time. And like the first thing you learn, and I'm sure this is true of most languages, is like greetings and introducing yourself. And so I watched the first episode of Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City, the um, the first Tokyo edition, and was able to kind of follow along because that's all it is, is like, hello, I'm 19 years old. I am a university student. I was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> so I wonder if I could do that as well with that. Who goes first this week? Me. You. Yeah. You. <laughs> that was really good. Thanks. What do you got? Uh, so again, this is kind of a tangent off of things we have already discussed, but I am going to say a the... different kind of balloon. No. Okay. <laughs> Although, man, our kids have been playing with balloons lately They're and it's great. just a reminder, so like good. best toy. Best toy ever. Um, no, my, my wonderful thing is the noble hairstylist. Yes. So you have talked about getting a haircut. Yes. Um, and I will not say the name of my hairstylist because I she gets booked up very quickly. <laughs> so sorry. Um, but I I wanted to talk specifically about the person doing the haircutting. Yeah. Uh, because it is uh, an essential service, I yeah. would say in some in some ways, and uh, one that has evolved over time. Yeah. It's very inter- it's a it's a very fascinating thing for me. I remember I had a hairstylist a while like the first one I had when I moved to Austin that just every time she cut my hair I just picked her brain about cuz she was like trying to get some sort of like new license or something. I was like, "What goes How do you learn to cut hair?" That's fucking wild to me. Yeah. It's, well, it's, I can talk I can talk a little yes, bit please, about please, that please, later please, sorry. in the episode. Um I will say this has come to me because when I moved to Austin, I got a recommendation for a hairstylist who then moved but gave me a recommendation for somebody else and I was with that person through um meeting Griffin through our marriage through having Henry and then she moved right and gave me kind of a general anybody here is good and I have yet to find somebody to replace her yeah I'm trying somebody out on Friday I'm very excited for I'm you. optimistic yeah um but yeah this is a person who really learns your hair and if you've got kind of unusual hair which I don't know what makes hair unusual but I feel like I have unusual hair and and you want somebody to really learn, really learn the shape and the mm-hmm. and the motion and the the patterns and and it becomes a really valuable thing. Yeah, so I would love. I've never had it, but I bet it'd be dope to have someone touch touch my head all over and be like, Ooh, "Oh, see, I don't like that so much." Yeah, you don't like. It. <laughs> There's a lot of touching. I don't Physical like. touch is your hate language. <laughs> If there was an opposite end of the spectrum. Right, yes. My love language is, I think, words of... Uh, affirmation. Affirmation. Yeah. And my hate language is touch. Well, it could just be whatever your, your whatever ranks last in your love languages is just like, ugh, your yuck language. 
Uh, so hair salons, I mean, if you think about it, this was something that was really only accessible to the very wealthy. Yeah. Like they would have people come to their house and it would be a variety of people and it would take hours and these very like elaborate, like huge hairstyles. It wasn't really until um, the late 1800s that it started to become kind of accessible to Mm. other people, particularly in this country. There was a kind of self-made entrepreneur named Martha Matilda Harper who opened the first public salon and then opened like a method shop that started kind of teaching other people how to do it. Because before that, it was like they had to come to your house. This was kind of the first time it was like, hey, here's a spot where you can go. And getting a haircut is like one of the four reasons I have to leave our house. (laughs) So it would be tragic if I didn't have access to that. Um, Another example is Sarah Breedlove Walker, who was born in 1867 to recently freed slaves. Uh, She worked for years as a washerwoman in St. Louis. And then at the 1904 World's Fair, which, as you know, was in St. Louis. Right, of course. uh, She met Annie Malone, who sold her own shampoos and hair irons. And they kind of worked together to build their businesses and became one of the largest employers of black women in the United States. That kicks ass. So they had like a whole sort of hair operation out of St. Louis? They they split off. So okay. at, at some point, uh, Sarah Walker split off and began selling her own hair products. Um, but they kind of helped each other out to get started. That's awesome. Know? That's incredible. Um, and Walker reached uh, 250,000 in sales, which is the equivalent of more than 6 million by today's standards. Fuck yes. <laughs> Uh, so hair salons became really kind of necessary uh, if people wanted to keep up with trends at the beginning of World War One, which is when the when the bob came about. Yeah, like you can't really do that yourself. I mean, you could, I guess, but it'd be it'd be challenging. It would be rough for anybody that's tried to cut their own hair, which is definitely me. Um, the back, the back of the hair, <laughs> you can't see it so good. No. Now, you can kind of hold it up above your head in front of the mirror, but it but you don't really know what's going on. It's good fun for everyone else, though. <laughs> I will never forget, I won't name names, but a friend of ours cut his own hair and just like the back looked so... <laughs> it was so funny. So wild. It was so funny because we all saw the front and we thought like, oh, hey, good work. Hey, this good work. Is, this was in the Zoom era, you know, where like nobody was really getting a haircut super easily. And then he turned around. And, we <laughs> and the back of his head just looked like a bar graph. Like we all it was just started laughing so, so hard. Fun. <laughs> so fun. So um, fun. Also, World War II, women started entering the workforce. So there was this idea of like, I got to I gotta look chic, yeah, you know, sure. professional. Uh, and then in the 50s and 60s, that's when hair coloring kind of took off. And so you, you I mean, you basically, there was a, a situation created where you had to go to somebody who had the skills. Yeah. You know, if you really wanted to look like on trend. And then there's Rachel from Friends. That was a yeah, big moment. Yeah, and, that was and a then big the Rachel, moment. of course, of course. Uh, also, I'm sure you have a note about that in there already. <laughs> no, just as Rachel from I Friends did some stuff. But I do have a note about the perm, which is another thing. Like these are like really like kind of dangerous chemicals. Like you got to go to somebody who knows how to operate them. I don't know what a perm is. I know it means permanent. It stands for permanent. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's like a. It's supposed to be like a permanent curl. I mean, there's different styles, but kind of the traditional thing is that you put your hair in the curlers, you put these chemicals on it, and then your hair just kind of holds that shape for a temporary but somewhat long period of time. You shouldn't call it a perm then. (laughs) 
Well, it's it's more permanent than a lot of things. I guess that's true. Nothing gold can stay, Pony Boy. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk about the state license, particularly in Texas. Yes. So this varies state to state. In Texas, uh, you have to complete nine hundred hours uh, at a you know a school like a like an Aveda Institute, you know, like a place where they where they train you, and then um, when you reach that nine hundred hours, uh, you can take the written licensing exam. And then there's also a practical exam where you actually have to like do stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the stuff you have to do. Okay. Uh, for anybody who thinks like, oh, I could just walk in, I could just walk in and, and nail this. Like, I don't. I, I think I, anybody who would think that is a is, is filled <laughs> with a true, a pretty horrific amount of hubris. So you have to you have to know the nails. This is like an operator license. Okay. So, so this is like covers a variety of things. Okay. Um, you have to know safety criteria. Uh, you have to be prepared for a blood exposure incident, Yo, which makes sense. Sure. Like if you if you're doing some cutting and things get weird. <laughs> uh, an eyelash strip application. So if somebody wants like the eyelashes, you know, this can't be a thing though, where it's like I just cut hair. Like I don't do an eyelash. This I'm I'm just looking at the operator license, okay, which see. kind of covers like a variety of things. You can get real specific, like a manicurist or whatever, but right. this is like this is this is the license that'll take you all over the city. Sure. Uh the facial. All of this has like safety criteria with it too. Like, do you dispose of the material appropriately? Do you keep your kit sanitary? Do you avoid cross-contamination? Like every single one of these, you also have to do that. Um Is Barbasol potable? No. <laughs> Don't even joke about no, that. No, stop it. Stop it. Don't do that. We'll get you faded as hell. No, don't drink. <laughs> don't do the Barbasol like that. Uh, okay, so, and then let me give you an example. So there's, there is a waxing service, uh, and each of these is timed. So with the waxing service, you have 14 minutes to complete. Whoa. Uh, you will be informed when you have seven minutes remaining. Wait, I don't want there to be, I don't want someone to ever race through my <laughs> waxing. So I have gone to the Aveda Institute um, back in, in my earlier days uh, because it is a, a more affordable option if you want a uh, service. I thought you meant to train. No. Okay. No. And and so students will perform services on you and they will take a long time. Okay. Like it, it will usually be a good quality service because they have a professional supervise them, but they will really take their time. So that's how they get the practice is yeah. with like budget. Uh -huh. Okay. Uh -huh. I thought they did like corpse haircuts or something <laughs> there's also like a head you can buy like a head that will like a like a like a mannequin head oh okay <laughs> i'm just saying the hair keeps growing you know okay so this is the haircut the haircut you have 42 minutes and you have to prepare the mannequin for service perform a scalp analysis use a razor uh with a guard during the haircut uh use the shears uh, blend the haircut and uh, remove hair off the workstation all in 42 minutes and also do the safety criteria. Wow. Uh, you have to do a perm, uh, blow drying, uh, foil highlights, uh, a relaxer. Uh, and then at the end of the examination, you have to do uh, disinfection. Uh, so that's like, that's a, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, that that's uh, that's quite a bit. That's like that's like a whole day of stuff that you have to do. You also like there's all these rules around what can be labeled and what can't when you show up. It's a big deal. Uh, and so yeah, I just I think this is this is a profession that is growing constantly. Um, it's like one of those jobs that is pretty 
projected to grow. I think the majority of people do it part time from what I saw, um, just because it's, it's a, I mean, it's an exhausting profession for one. Also, if, if you're in it for yourself, uh, which a lot of people are, so they don't have to pay, you know, salon rental fees of like their little booth space. You know, it, it allows you the flexibility to do something else. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, it's a challenging profession. Absolutely. Uh, and it requires a lot of hustle and a lot of experience. And uh, I'm hopeful that I can find my perfect You'll get match. There. You'll get there. Soon. Let's make a reality show out of it. We'll call it Rachel's Special Hair. Call it Hair is Blind. Oh, that's fun. You stick your head through a wall. What? And and the person cuts it and then you pull your hair back and, and you say like a like a like a barbershop glory hole? <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Maybe that's a better name for the show. Barbershop glory hole? <laughs> yeah, that's that one would definitely pass <laughs> sort of FC, FCC standards. Or is it uh, which one does cares about when you name a show barbershop glory hole? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality. And you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off.
Got a couple of brom bams here, and this first fucking one is for Messica. <laughs> okay. And it's from Dr. Amanda, who says, To my dearest Hermana Messica, thank you for introducing me to the McElroys and a bunch of other things in life. I am so proud of you for moving to Chicago and gaining independence. You'll be great at whatever it is that you do, doula-ing or project managing babies. Happy belated birthday or something. Your favoritist and coolest sibling, Dr. Amanda. We are about two months late on this particular well-wish, but... I would love somebody to project manage our baby. Oh boy, that would be so nice. Dueling is kind of like project managing the baby in the sort of pre-pro phase. Yeah, exactly. Setting the baby up for success. Setting the baby up for success when you're scrumming that little guy, you know? <laughs> What's yours, Nick? It's a project management thing. You yeah, wouldn't get it. I know, but... Uh... Seems like a graphic term. Scrumming? <laughs> yeah. I always it just makes me think of like um like how they talk about food on Great British Bake Off. <laughs> Something is scrummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me uncomfortable actually. What do you got? This next message is for Adam Suchuk and it is from Melissa Wallachick. Happy 10-year anniversary, Adam. I'm so lucky to have you in my life and I can't wait to get married. Love you. Do you think Adam knew they were going to get married before this message was sent? Whoa, that would be (laughs) such a power play. That would be an outrageous power play. We've we've had proposals on, I don't know if we've had one on this show before, probably. We have, yeah. But we've never had one that's just sort of like a declarative proposal. And I can't wait for that new car you're giving me for Valentine's Day. Oh, (laughs) boy. I'm sorry I didn't get you a new car for Valentine's Day, honey. That's okay. Or did I? Look outside. Hong Kong. It's a Bugabi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard, and we have no advice. But we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. <laughs> Didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, yeah. honk if you did it? That's what it I was. I think it was honk if you're doing it. <laughs> Why did we not ever make this? Those we are did the make them. I did think we? they're still in the Max Fun store. <laughs> honk, honk. You're doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Biz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk. Toot, toot. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. Can you mind? Yes. Sports food. Food for sports. The food you eat when sports are happening somewhere. <laughs> sports food. The food <laughs> at the sports. Put some chili cheese and go on doing a touchdown. Sports food. Sports food. I like this. It is I adore the fact that we have this whole subcategory of food that is largely what we eat 
when sports are happening, either in front of us or through some sort of remote broadcast. Yeah. I was watching the game with Griffin, and after the halftime show, Griffin was like, do you want to continue watching? And I think I did, partially because I wanted to keep eating chips. Yeah. And it's not even, I don't even want to get into, like, is it acceptable or not to eat these foods? Because that goes down some alleys that I'm not, you know, interested in exploring. But I will say there are lots of foods that I do not sort of reach for or think about eating unless it's sports time. And there's there's and and that mental connection to me is undeniable. And yet if I tried to poke a hole in it, it would instantly rupture. And, yeah, and- Griffin, Griffin and I enjoy a wing. I would say Griffin more than me, but we will never eat them unless sports is involved. But like, why though? This is this is why I wanted to talk about this. Is like there have been lots of studies about like um, idle television watching, uh, or like getting like particularly invested in some television show, which happens, of course, during sports when you're like invested in the team, and sort of just idle snacking, right? Like you you just do one sort of mindlessly while doing the other. Um, and there's also been studies about like when watching sports if your team is losing how that affects like oh. your consu- your rate of consumption right but what i can't find anything on is why we eat fucking buffalo wings and nachos and hot dogs when it's sports time <laughs> i mean there's a lot of reasons that i can think of just off the top like what let's hear them well sports food is usually food that like you don't need like a plate and a knife and a fork to eat okay okay interesting Uh, It's also not – it's not food that you can eat in large quantities uh, typically because uh, it It makes makes, your body feel bad. It makes you feel bad. It's feel bad food, yeah. Um, Not in any kind of like weird guilt way, but in like if I eat nachos and buffalo wings – that's going to be the rest, uh, like for for seventy two hours. Yeah, if that's I had a, a dinner plate full of wings, uh, I think I think it would hurt my body. Made some dope wings for this for this year's big game, by the way, with some uh, what was it like cash, cashew based and buffalo like sauce? cashew and avocado oil. We got it at uh, Costco. Yes, it's uh, very good. And yeah, I'm always looking out for the newest, hottest dairy free product. Yeah. Uh, and I liked this one. Yeah. God, I love buffalo wings so much. Um, it's just like if the, if you could melt cheese over it, right? Nachos, <laughs> fries, uh, potato skins. I started to like write this stuff out and I realized that I am basically describing the appetizer section of the Applebee's menu. Yes. Which is like I get Applebee's I don't think of as like a sports Bar. I mean, they always have the sports television. I guess most places like that do. They they have, have the TV up with on. the with the big game. Did you, I feel like this is the fifteenth time we talked about this on the show? But did, were you a? Did you frequent BW threes or Buffalo Wild Wings and Weck? There was not one that I knew of okay. in my neighborhood growing up. Okay. It wasn't until my I hit my college town that I became aware. And the very first time I went, they were doing some kind of karaoke night. And I was like, I'm never coming here That's again. That's wild. <laughs> I don't want that at my BW3. I went there all the time. It was actually tough to get into our BW3s. Because like we were always like uh, Huntington always had some sort of sports interest happening, especially if there were, was a Marshall. Oh, well, game yeah, on. and from what Justin has mentioned, like new restaurants are like a huge hit in Huntington. Like, well, that conversation's different from when I was in college and 
you know, there were like three buildings that restaurants would just cycle in and out of, as opposed to today when there's like lots of great restaurants yeah. and new ones open up, you know, pretty frequently. Um, but it's just like, there, there's foods that fall well outside of the traditional food pyramid. Like, I don't usually eat jalapeno poppers for nourishment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't usually make a meal out of it. I and mean, the, one might say movie snacks kind of fall in that same category. Yeah, I don't usually eat goobers. I mean, I don't really eat goobers so much anymore anyway. Also, a waffle fry. A waffle fry is something that you typically like find in like a sports setting, but maybe not like if you went to just a regular sit-down restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I, Chick-fil-A does waffle fries, right? But I haven't... That, that, yeah, it's been a while. That <laughs> forbidden nectar has not crossed twixt my lips in uh, over a decade, I would say. Um, I googled Super Bowl recipes, and I just want to read off some very real recipes I found on uh, Delish, the website. Okay. Uh, mac and cheese pizza bites. Yeah, I want you to tell me which one of these has the best name when I get to the end of the list, okay? Mac and cheese pizza bites. I'm having trouble, like, like figuring out what the structural, like, integrity of that would be. Okay, well, then tell me how this hits you. Pepperoni football. <laughs> Pepperoni football. That's a really good one. It's a really good one. Trash can nachos, like, of course. Yeah. We've, we've all eaten those. <laughs> uh, Big Mac potato skins. Yeah. Okay. I can figure I that can, out. Yeah, I can, I can picture that. Around. Salsa Verde football bomb. Ooh. What's I, wrong? I always think it's strange when people feel comfortable putting the word bomb in a food item. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cheesy sausage bombs is another one. That's There's this like, suggestion that it will go down your throat so fast that it will explode in your stomach. Interesting. That's not how it hits me. I think of it more as like a goosh situation. Like Ugh. it's just going to like fall apart as soon as you. No, I think it like at the trajectory, like the speed at which it travels. That's interesting. <laughs> Chili cheese dog cups. Those four I think words. Your emphasis on that phrase was questionable. You say it then. <laughs> chili cheese dog cups. Chili cheese dog cups. You say you chili put... cheese dog cups. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> What's a dog cup? <laughs> this is a tiny cup for dogs, and we filled it with chili cheese. And then finally, beef tachos. Those are nachos. But with uh, tater tots. Oh, okay. And beef and I guess cheese up on there too. I think pepperoni football is my favorite. Pepperoni football is so simple. That was like sort of a cheese ball that was covered in pepperonis. uh, But it was in the shape of a football. It's also the sequel to licorice pizza. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. Uh, once you also get into the world of like stadium foods, you just move so far away from the light of God that it's just, <laughs> you can't even see it anymore. I um, have really actually, so uh, our our dear friend and our lifesaver, Amanda, friend of the show, important to the McElroy Empire, right. uh, put up a photo of these like pretzel rolls that she made yeah. for her celebration. And yeah. all I have wanted since is a it's soft pretz- pretzel. Yeah. Well, let's, let's and that's some. like a that's a sports food. Yeah, we could probably find some. For I mean, you yeah, there like... there there are establishments here in which you can buy one. Uh, but uh, but the sports and the pretzel. That's a great combination. Undeniable. I forget the venue, but there's one place uh, that I found one uh, stadium that does a three pound pretzel. That's like one of their like stunt stunt sport food normally when you talk about an extreme food i have a look of disgust on my face but when you said that my eyes got so big and happy uh what about at the uh, at city field where the mets play they got the pastrachos 
And they're just having, I feel like you can add achos to the end of a lot of stuff and have it try to like pass muster. Is it like nachos with meat on it? Uh, It's nachos with pastrami on it. Okay, that's what I'm picturing. Pastrachos. Uh, there's the Beast at the uh, Milwaukee Brewers Miller Park, which is a ballpark Frank shoved into a bratwurst. Wrapped, <laughs> shoved. Yeah. Forced into a bratwurst, wrapped <laughs> in bacon, uh, and put on a pretzel roll. All right. Oh, man. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of stuff you got going on there. And like, which brings me back to my central thesis, which is why? Why? <laughs> There's no, I, I'm not complaining, right? And I'm not judging. Like, I love sports food. Sports food is, whenever it is time, I look forward to the Super Bowl food more than I look forward to the game or commercials or, or anything. Because it's like, I love those foods. Yeah, I mean, whenever I hear about somebody going to a game of any kind, my brain immediately goes to like, oh, they're going to get to eat sports food. Yeah. For me, it was simply, anytime we went to the Great American Ballpark, uh, or whatever the Reds ball field used to be called, uh, they had bratwurst that was the most delicious bratwurst I'd ever t- tasted with some like Golden's like brown mustard. Uh-huh. Like I would dream about that. And so anytime <laughs> we would be going to a Reds game, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, whatever, baseball. But the bratwurst at that stadium is at that ball field is like next level. Sometimes they would put Skyline Chili on it, and that's that's not that's not the yeah. journey. That's not my particular journey. But I support whoever's decision goes for that, you know? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, so most of my sports attending was done when I was a very young person. So yeah. I can't think of like a particular dish that was unique to any of the sports places that I went. Yeah. Uh, but generally, like any of it, any of it is phenomenal to me. I would say uh, also at the Great American Ballpark, they do uh, Frito pie with Skyline Chili served out of a tiny Reds helmet. I like that. Oh, that's nice. The novelty helmet. Novelty helmets. We love Get the it. ice cream in there too. It's just, this is not a segment where I'm praising any one particular food. It's just the idea of sports food is so exciting to me. Yeah. And so pure and inexplicable. It is this, this, this sort of like cultural touchstone that for the life of me, I cannot find the origin point for. Yeah. Um, but it's it it delights me to no end that it exists. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think about that sometimes when we are trying to come up with dinner ideas. I think, well, we could we could we could, we could have just s- make wings. We could have sports food. Uh, but it feels like a celebratory food. It does, yeah. It feels like, well, what are we celebrating? <laughs> Why would we have it today? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> uh, I want to thank Bowen and Augustus for these for a theme song Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, and I want to thank Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have on MaximumFun.org. Oh, do you want to talk about your live show again? Yes, we have a live show coming up for the program that is called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And tickets for that are on sale right now. now it, uh, while you look, I, I will say that it, it stars uh, Wonderful's Griffin McElroy. Yeah. Uh, there is an older one, uh, Travis McElroy uh, from Schmanners. And then the oldest one uh, from Sawbones, Justin McElroy. Uh, and that is the show, My Brother, My Brother and Me. And that's going to be on February 26th. That's going to start at 9 p.m. Eastern time and will be available video on demand for ticket holders for 14 days after the show ends. Tickets are just $10 with an option to pay more if you'd like to. And uh, you can get tickets at bit.ly slash mbimbamvirtual. That's M-B-M-B-A-M virtual. And 
yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. They really are always a good time. I feel like I'm always recommending it to people. Like if you're going to be home and you know, you want you want to laugh. If we're giving you permission to laugh again. <laughs> uh we also have a bunch of merch at macroymerch.com. That's it. That's it. That's we, the show. We don't have anything else. Yeah. We don't have any more stuff. I thought about doing getting more stuff ready, but then um, I just didn't. I just didn't. Because mm-hmm. I'm a lazy bum. I never am doing anything. That's not true. I don't know about you, but <laughs> if I don't eat buffalo wings in the next three hours, we just had I them. might die. We just had them, though. Yeah, but I need them. You know what? We have the buffalo sauce. You could put that really on anything. That's a good point. <laughs> Scratch that itch. Yeah. I think we have like some saltines. <laughs> buffalo uh-huh. crackers. Uh-huh. In my soup. <laughs> God, I'm adorable. Yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.